Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. My typical co-host has this episode off. Instead, joining me is a repeat revisitor who's joined us for episodes on Toad the Wet Sprocket, the single soundtrack, and our complete Love Fest episode on Wilco. Here's my guest co-host from the Left Coast. Here's Jeff Johnson. Hello, everybody. I'm back. They let me back in the building. Yes, you are back in the building. So for this episode, we have a special guest. He's a local musician here in the Orlando, Florida area. He just released his first full-length record called Callaway. Please welcome to the podcast, Zach Meadows. Thanks for having me, Ben. (laughs) Absolutely. So premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast, I ask the all-important question, what t-shirt are you wearing? Let's start with Zach. All right. So the t-shirt, the t-shirt I got on for today, um, I got this back at like Urban Outfitters. I don't know, like probably the beginning of the year, but it's super, uh, super 90s. It's got like almost the Fresh Prince of like Bel Air type aesthetic to it. So I thought it'd be a, it's it's one of like my lounge shirts around the house. So I figured you know, I'd put it on for the evening. Cool. Jeff, how about you? What t-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing my newly acquired Bonavere t-shirt because uh, I'm that uh, guy. But I just got it yep. Sunday night at the show at the uh, Great Western Forum. It's got the uh, oh, nice. Siamese cat on it, messing with the uh, shoelaces. Uh, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great shirt. I like it a lot. Soft. <laughs> and and you're welcome because I I pretty much talked you into going to that show. You had texted me and said I'm not sure if I'm going. And I said, you need to go. Well, you, you kind of did. I've been kind of in a funk where I, I live a little ways out of L.A., so everything is a drive for me. And it, it takes a lot to get me excited to go out on a work night. But I checked at 6 o'clock, uh, and Ticketmaster had released about a half a dozen tickets way up front at the forum uh, for face value. So I picked up a fourth row uh, seat uh, for like 145. I've never sat that close to the forum. It was unbelievable. Really, really great. And awesome. Uh, awesome. jumped in the car and drove to the forum, which takes an hour. And I was there in time for 7.30 uh, to kick the show off. Who who opened? Um, uh, I know who opened. And as soon as you, I knew you were going to ask me that. And it uh, was going to stump me. Because um, I know Feist is doing some dates out here. He covered one of her songs. Um, ah, she's fantastic. It's Sharon Van Etten. It's Sharon it? Van Etten. She was fantastic. Yeah. She was really, really wonderful. Cool. Uh, I was kind of blown away by her, to be honest with you. You couldn't remember her name, though. I, I, I'm <laughs> terrible with that. As soon as you ask me a name, I'm not going to be able to come up with it. I'm a stand-up comic, and someone started talking about Patton uh, Oswalt. And as soon as they started <laughs> talking about it, I couldn't come up with it. And then right as I was about to fall asleep, the name came to me, and I had to text it to him. <laughs> That's just how, how it works for me. Is that just a product of uh, how old you are now? Um, I've always had this problem. As soon okay. as someone is about to ask me about a name, it just disappears from my head. That's just how it works. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, um, my, my t-shirt. So I haven't bought a, a new t-shirt in a while. Um, so for any musicians that are out there who, uh, want to pimp out their product, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm willing to take your t-shirt off your hands so uh my my t-shirt today is a repeat which is brian fallon in the howling wind so or no i'm sorry howling weather uh it's one of his incarnations of his uh his uh 
solo stuff. So I, th- I think that uh, Howling Wind thing was a Freudian slip from our pre-recording conversation. It might have been. <laughs> might have been. It was a good thing I didn't hit the record button until right. much later. Right. So right. Ho- hopefully I've got that out of my system. All right. All right. Enough about uh, the stuff that makes us snicker. <laughs> so, so Zach... We, yep. we need to start with the basics because I don't know much about Zach Meadows. You don't have a whole <laughs> lot of, of internet presence yet. Like yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. Facebook pages about me just says musician. Yeah, we already know that, Zach. So <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> so give us some basics. Who, who is Zach Meadows? Despite um, being terribly bad at uh, yeah, social media uh, marketing, Zach Meadows, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, he is... Just doing music and stuff kind of full-time now. Um, I've been doing it for a couple of years. Um, kind of got into the Orlando music scene um, around age 21. But I grew up like doing music, um, like in theater and stuff. So that's kind of how I got into like doing like solo performances. It was um, after theater and stuff. I basically kind of went around town and did like any like the um, open mic type stuff that people were doing back in like the early 2010s and stuff. So yeah, I've been um, writing for probably five years or so. I got into writing about five years ago and decided that uh, the music that I had as of late, especially like particularly in the past year, because um, basically every song that I put onto the record was uh, is, is less than a year old. After the A, I just kind of been writing and, and trying to work on getting a, a full record together of all the music that I've comprised and um, now, now it's just trying to figure out where to go with that, you know? So theater, theater, did you do like high school and college theater? I did youth, um, like youth group, like the- not youth group theater, but like, um, youth production, local, um, kind of like children's theater companies. Yeah. Like when I was like, I think I started like nine years old. And so I did those for years. Um, I did like freshman year, um, lesbians and stuff in high school. And I didn't, I stopped kind of doing theater my sophomore year and focused on like, cause I just did like track and field and stuff more. So, um, in high school, I did like track and field and cross country, um, for my, like my junior and senior year and kind of like just other recreational sports my sophomore year. But I was always like, I like, I grew up playing the piano, um, since middle school. Um, so that was like my first instrument. And then I got into guitar after I graduated high school. Nice. And so, yeah, yeah, then I just uh, kind of made like the transition more so like to guitar than piano. Cause I mean, most of the record is, is you have like um, eight guitar songs and two piano songs on it. So, yeah. So uh, originally from Orlando? Yeah. Born, yeah. Born and raised. Um, high school? In Orlando. Yeah. I went to um, Winter Springs High School. Okay. So I went to all the, all the local schools in Orlando and stuff and like the Seminole County School District. Right. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, my kids are at West orange. Isn't that, um, that's orange County, right? Yeah. 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 My sister goes to one of the orange County schools. I think she goes to, um, the timber Creek. Okay. Man. We'll, we'll probably have to edit this part out cause nobody except the two of us give a crap about any of that. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> I, I felt, I felt briefly asleep just like real, real briefly. So, so you, I think that you've already answered this question. I was going to ask how long have you been working on Callaway, but you've been working on it for, you said a year. Yeah. So basically the record Callaway, um, it was, it's, it's, the songs are all less than a year old. Um, cause I had had back in 
I want to say like 2017, I had a few songs that I was, you know, working on that I was kind of like saving for a record. Um, but eventually a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I did in the past five years, I ditched because I, I thought like basically like the inspiration for the record came mostly in the past year. So kind of all the writing that I did over the past years, um, you know, I picked like pieces and stuff to, to include on the record. So there was like, obviously, obviously I did more than, than 10 songs, but I felt like kind of the 10 songs that I included on, onto the record captured the, um, the, uh, the essential message behind it. Um, so that's why, yeah, it's all, it's, it's been going on like a, just under a year now that I've been working. So what, on it, so. what's the meaning of the, the, the title, the album title Callaway? Are you a big golf fan or something? No, you would think. I said, yeah, that's a common misconception. <laughs> they think that I'm, I'm a huge fan of you know, the PGA and whatnot. Um, there's a, just a slight spelling difference between um, Callaway and Callaway. That's the, that's what gets people often is um, that one letter. But um, no, basically Callaway. Um, so North Carolina is like a pretty significant place to me, particularly like Western North Carolina, okay. um, near the Smokies and Pisgah National Forest and all that stuff. And Callaway is actually a trail. Um, the Callaway Peak is actually one of like the, the, the end of one of the trails called the Grandfather Trail over in Linville okay. in um, North Carolina. And it was like a place of significance. Um, the Basically, the, the whole album is, is very um, relationship oriented. <laughs> um, but it basically was what place that like my um one of my past girlfriends and I visited and stuff and it was just a, a place of great significance to me, which is why I named the album album out after it. Gotcha. Ex girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. Is her name Sadie? Oh no. <laughs> no. It was funny enough that that girl that, that there was never there was never a Sadie. Any any of the names that I mentioned, especially none of the songs, none of the people exist. It was all just like pseudonyms and okay. stuff. Is her name Poison and Wine? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I figure that. Excuse me, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I got to tell you, I, I think your your album is really well produced and particularly well mixed. I, I feel like the, uh, the just the presence that the vocals have really sticks out nicely. I, I, I that sticks out a lot when you listen to first album. Sometimes is is it's great. You can hear a lot of talent and and ability, but sometimes the way that the mix is done, it probably for cost as much as anything. Um, doesn't yeah. stand out as much, and, and yours really does a nice job with that. I thought it was fantastic that way. Yeah, the the producer that I worked with, like I, I'd kind of like gotten discouraged around Orlando um, a little bit here and there, um, just because like I felt like anyone that like I'd worked with before, I wasn't able to communicate exactly like what I wanted from like a production standpoint. Um, and I felt like the eventually the, the producers that I settled with, I just kind of like really clicked with him, and he was able to kind of. Uh, nurture the sound that I was looking for um, from that from that production standpoint like the mixing and mastering and kind of just the way that, how he brought the songs to life um, I thought it did it you know proper like justice you know who produced it um, my uh, friend named Aaron uh, Aaron Gandia over at Fat Plant Studios okay not familiar but is this a, is this a <laughs> name that we're going to hear more often in Orlando I hope they, yeah, I've, I've, I've been advocating for them. I send any of my musical friends um, over in that direction because just the the sound quality you're getting out of that studio, I, I feel is kind of incomparable to, you know, for, for like any anything you can try to compare it to around Orlando because um, there's a lot of other studios and I've been to like studio tours and stuff to like meet up with people and stuff. I just haven't really found anything that I've, you know, thought, was worth you know like the price and stuff going into it cool 
So I was going to go back to what I was telling you earlier about not having that much of a online presence. So are you gigging and you're just not posting it on social I am, yeah. media? I, I'm, I'm gigging a lot less as of late. Okay. Um, I've been, I, cause I was doing like the gigging, like hard gigging scene, like six shows a week. Um, earlier like much earlier like end of last year earlier this year um and come about i want to say like march or april and stuff um i started to wind down kind of like the frequency and consistency that i was you know out doing gigs and stuff one like my voice was like beginning to kind of like suffer from it um and two you know just for me it was kind of losing uh the the allure that it presented (laughs) in the first place um but right now I'm taking like a kind of pretty decent time off playing like a couple of shows a week right now. Just trying to like be like a little bit um, on, you know, on the low until I can um, finalize my plans. Cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to move out of Orlando oh. um, up, up North to, um, to like kind of like Western North Carolina and, and start doing music okay. there, which is why I'm starting to, I'll be up there next month again. But as for yeah, the social media presence, I'm absolutely, uh, if kind you of. put it on social media, <laughs> some of us might actually show up for one of those gigs. Yeah, I know. I need to. I need to. I need to. I post. I post mainly on my Instagram. Is a uh, thing. It's Facebook. I, I get so uh, uh, dismissive with Facebook just because there's not so many. Uh, I, I I just don't use it too often nowadays. There's there's not much uh, content that I see on on Facebook that that pops see, up. See here, I that, uh, I was thinking that you were like the anti or the complete opposite of a Jordan Foley. <laughs> Who no. <laughs> who is gigging? I feel like every single night. Um, I've been trying to get Jordan to come on the podcast since like March, and I, and I keep I keep telling him he's the hardest working man in Central Florida because he's had to reschedule on me. I don't know. I, I've lost track of how many times he's been. Yeah, yeah, he he gigs a lot, and he also works, you know, yeah. during the day and stuff. I think uh, I think over like Stetson or something. Yep. Um, yeah, he works a lot during the day, and then then he goes up to like Tybee Island and Savannah and like um, Gainesville and all like the places around like Northern Florida. And then he goes up and plays shows and stuff a lot on the weekend with his friends. Um, so I know he's out there. Yeah, he's out there grinding for sure. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good friends with Jordan too. Yeah, he came to the. Um, he actually played at the album release. Oh, cool. Um, when we, when we did on the. You're 26th. just rubbing that in that because I couldn't be there. Thank you. Appreciate. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, and Ben, I think I think I think the Facebook is for old people like us. Oh, I is think, that what uh, it is? is? Doing. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I would, yeah. I mean, like a lot of. I, you know, I still use Facebook and stuff, but like one of the main platforms, I guess, like especially like people that I went to school with and stuff. We use like Twitter a lot. Um, I'm still, I still follow people on Twitter a lot, but I don't use my Twitter professionally because it's, is a lot of the times it, it can be misconstrued as inappropriate. So I don't, I don't have my Twitter like under so my name. So you're doing Instagram? I do Instagram. Probably yeah. my um, least, uh, least favorite <laughs> mode of social, but. Um. Yeah. I mean like I, I, I want to like be able to like post captions and like that's why i post instagram stories a lot is because like i can just kind of like okay say things without having to like actually make a post gotcha all right um so the other question that i've got on your on your record is uh do you ever write any happy songs that's yeah that's a really good question um <laughs> so i have in the past yeah <laughs> well, the, um the, the orchard is happy the orchard okay. so the, or, the, the orchard the orchard was actually um when uh, one of my family members passed away last year, so so it's um, not a happy. So maybe song. it's not happy. Maybe not happy, but it's 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 uh, <laughs> upbeat. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's opt- upbeat, and it's it, yeah, uh, yeah. 
the whole yeah the whole the whole concept at the orchard and stuff um is it, it wasn't one of those like songs about love it was just more about like uh, i i guess whatever like conception of like heaven that people have uh like mine was just like you know if there was one it would be like in the mountains you know that, that, that for me for me that's like that's kind of like how i um visualize it i don't know what the orchard grows but it's all earth the way i'm told Forward into the hills I go Taking all but my skin and bones And my days start to bleed into one I got I got that metaphor from it, and I thought it was uh, I thought it was a really beautiful representation of that because that's that it, it that struck me. I'm originally from Montana, and, oh, uh, and western and then Western Washington in high school. But uh, so that that idea and the imagery of heaven as a as a an orchard or somewhere out in nature just that appealed yeah. to me a lot more than you know white clouds and you know yeah, yeah. Like harps and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, I find yeah, I find like a lot of beauty and stuff, like yeah, that, especially in the states and out west, like Wyoming and yeah. Montana, and like like that's one. Like, Tetons is one of my favorite places in the country. Tetons is magnificent. Uh, yeah. Yellowstone uh, is absolutely spectacular. Um, just yeah, it's quite astounding. Like the absolute like majesty of just yeah, the yeah, country that, and stuff. So that was one of my favorite songs on on here. I had three songs that really jumped out to me. The Orchard definitely jumped out. I just thought it had had a really nice, vibrant upbeat quality even though i could tell that it was talking about something after i didn't know that you were it's got a happier tone to it yeah it's got a happier tone but i also i really dug um i like poison and wine a lot a lot i liked uh hearing the male take on essentially you know it's like we had katie tupin on ben and and she had the line about um I like them bad. I like the bad boys. And we had that conversation with her. You hear it a lot (laughs) in a lot of the female stuff, but to have the guy talk about, you know, I know you're bad for me. I just can't quite turn away. I like that a lot. That song, yeah, that that song, like I I wrote that one, like just because, like, I remember, like, it was supposed to be like a kind of like a double entendre, the poison and wine thing being like having like a kind of, you know, that like one night stand lifestyle. Um, but also, like, because I a lot of a lot of the, the record was influenced from like also um, like drug usage and stuff too, and so kind of having like poison and wine be like one of those shine like shine a light on like not only you know uh, it's like substances and stuff hurting me, but so is like this person. As well. I didn't pick up, didn't pick up on that, but it makes a lot of sense now that you mentioned. Yeah, it. the whole like that's why I call it, like that's why I called it poison like and wine yeah, and stuff was like. Yeah. <laughs> it's that idea of of going after something that you you know it's bad for yeah. you. You know yeah. you're going to regret it. That like the, the, the way I like kind of conceptualized it was like a one night stand with drugs. Okay. It's like that's what that's how it was for me. So, but no, I, it, it served as like a huge like um you know 
leave like this person's no good for me type song too so but i, I, I think i think my favorite of the bunch was to know i was yours i like that i like all, all the imagery you have in there in terms of you know that idea of belonging to someone yeah um, exactly yeah, that yeah that song i really yeah one of my family members had um had dementia uh and and he passed away and stuff and that's where that that whole tune came yeah, from. yeah i like that one a lot that one really struck me uh with that regard of uh, you know, whether I remember you or not, as long as you tell me I'm yours. And, and, uh, I like the play on the, the wordplay with happily ever after and ever after what comes after ever after, that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember like writing that song and stuff. I wanted, it was funny. I just like, I'd written that song, like, I think a week after I saw like a star is born. Cause like oh, that yeah. kind of, that's where like the kind of like country little sound came from with the, uh, with the acoustic guitar. It's kind of like where I got the inspiration from that. Cause there was like a song in star is born is, um, I think it was a, uh, uh, is the first like Bradley Cooper song? Maybe it's um, time. That he played like on, on the acoustic guitar. Yeah, maybe it's time. About the always yeah, that. Yeah. Jason is now that song. you say it, that yeah. I can I can hear it that way. Yeah. when you mention it, because that and so that, that's that's yeah, that's where like a lot of like the inspiration from like kind of how I wanted it to sound and stuff, having those like one to four little chord progressions and and you kind of structuring it around just basically just being, being mainly like a four chord song. Something I I thought I did had like the proper sound that i was looking for and stuff because i don't want the music to be country music yeah. but i was like <laughs> i definitely had a lot of country influences like when writing the that's record. definitely my favorite um, song on the record but yeah no yeah that, I, that was like my mom one of my mom's favorite cool. songs too and i'd when i'd written it but yeah i love yeah those, all those songs are <laughs> very sad too <laughs> there's no there's not really like i've written happy songs just not as of late gotcha I believe some things can't be forgotten There's always something that remains Memories, they come and go Oh, I hope you'll be the one to stay The one to stay But honey, if there never was a face I could remember if I didn't know my own name anymore Would you tell me you were my darling forever Cause I could leave this world in peace To know I was yours To know I was yours But you know, the, the, the sadness thing, it, it comes across so personal that it's not like you're just writing sad to be sad. You can hear the experience in your voice and uh, it's the same same thing I experienced with stage stuff. I, I was able to, uh, my mom passed away a few weeks ago, and uh, I was already able to get up on stage and tell jokes about, not about her, but that related to people wanting to send me flowers. Yeah. And I was like, uh, send me bacon instead, or summer <laughs> sausage. That's what I would, that's what would comfort me. But it's that it, you can get up and talk about things or sing about things, and if there's this real nice personal honesty to it and vulnerability it really connects and and that's what i think that a lot of your stuff does yeah i think i think vulnerability especially like if you're gonna write um about like genuine experience and stuff i always felt like vulnerability was um you know the proper way to do it like open up and kind of not be afraid to you know let people you know experience what you're experiencing um, and so for me, like all those songs on the record, like everything, everything did happen, you know, like the whole breakup and everything, you know, it was kind of inspired by like the past, like two breakups that I had most, mostly the most recent one, but and the last one did like influence it, but you know, there's a certain level of, you know, 
uh, I get <laughs> uneasy, like unnerving feeling that comes with, you know, putting music out there, <laughs> which is like all <laughs> very like real to you. And, and, and then like worrying if like people aren't going to like it, I think it's the scariest thing, but I think it's, I think it's rewarding. You know, it, isn't that pain and regret though? Do, it, that's, that's where I think the best songs come from. It's not from the happy places. I think it's from the, the, the moments where you feel the pain, where you feel the loss. And, um, that's where you kind of get that yeah, raw. I think, yeah, I think like anything, you know, like for me, like anything worth writing about was something that made me feel like it, like it didn't have to be sad, but like, like so there was like that song, um, on the record called Carol. Like I wrote that, like when I was like really happy. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> like when I, like there was a time when I was like really like, like overjoyed, like in like with the relationship that I was in, I felt like I was like working, you know, to the, to the, like the fullest, my capacity and stuff. And, you know, I was in a proper relationship and stuff. And so Carol came from like, cause it, it, the Carol is the name of a city in New Hampshire and uh, stuff. So I was, I was on vacation with one of my past girlfriends and it was, that's the whole record came from like, you know, being like having like being like you know like not really said like i love you yet to that person like you know who do you love now but you know that's so a lot of it kind of being like you know oh like do we love each other yet like i don't know that's that's where the concept of that came and i was happy at the time you know very but and then you know a lot of (laughs) then then most of the other songs came after that so So I got to ask you uh, one one more question before uh, we switch gears to the record that you, that you chose. So for the song "Only for You," is there yeah. somebody singing harmony, or are you overdubbing yourself? I I, I overdubbed everything. There's only um, I think like three or four songs on the record that have harmony. Um, but um, yeah, I did I did the um the overdubbing for that one. We just kind of like, I had like these kind of harmony ideas that I wanted to try to kind of give some of the songs a little bit of a different feel. Because like with, with working with just an acoustic record and stuff, there's not much you can do to change the sound um, of each individual song besides like just the chord progression and melodies. Um, but that's kind of how I wanted to differentiate differentiate some of the songs from the others. Like if Only For You and If Loving You Is The Last Thing I Do or... Um, even like the orchard had those kind of harmonies in the end and stuff. So, well, not, not to give you any ideas for your next record, but, (laughs) um, that, that last duet show that we saw you in Orlando, where it was you and Elizabeth Ward, who, Oh yeah. Yeah. That was part of Jordan's band. You, you two blew us away. 
Like you guys harmonize so beautifully. Oh, thanks, man. And if and if you guys haven't haven't heard Elizabeth Ward, so there's like five Elizabeth Wards on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, they're she's not, the, like, they keep she, popping up. Yeah, she's the one with the blonde hair that sings Fireflies and Silver Lining. Um, you guys were so good together. I'm 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 serious when I say you sh- you two should record something together. Yeah, she's telling me um. She wants to, um, that song that she has called, um, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, it's the, um, the song that is the, the one that I played on piano with her. It's okay. Gonna, it's gonna that was great. Hey, yeah, yeah. She, uh, I think that one, she asked me, um, to record the piano in the, in the studio with her. And I think we might do harmonies on it together. We didn't practice any of the harmonies, but, um, you know, we're, cons- I think, I think it was on the, on the table. Oh, the song's called Kayla. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, she's got that song Kayla. Um, and that was like one of like the songs that I could hear being like really soft acoustic. Um, yeah. I think if I was going to record one with her, it'd probably be like that one. Do it. Do it. So yeah, right. I think, I think we're going to go for it. <laughs> All right. Cool. One last, uh, I, I lied. One last question before we switch <laughs> to the, to the record. Um, so we've been asking all of our guests this question and, and, uh, we're, we're actually going to record an episode on why we've been asking everybody this question. So that's coming. <laughs> can, can I, can I ask it, Ben, in the right yeah, way? Go, 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 okay. go ahead. You, you, <laughs> right. you ask it. I have it a right, right way that I think it needs. To, uh, so Toto's Africa, Zach, does it make your heart sing and your face smile or are you dead inside? <laughs> I, it used to once upon a time, I guess it's become the, the song is like, I don't know. It's a little too hackneyed for me now. It's, so dead, dead inside. We've got to vote for I'd dead say, inside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to vote dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, his regular co-host Wayne is going to love you for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have the same uh, uh, je ne sais quoi to it as it used to. Is it, did Weezer ruin it for you? No, no, literally. It's okay. just, I, I think just like having it be like that go to, uh, you remember, like, I don't know if this other Family Guy episode where, uh, you know, Joe and Bonnie and stuff, that's, that's their song. I don't know, like, there's been too many pop culture references with Toto. Just, but, yeah. but to be fair to this song, that, that <laughs> is more due to it being overplayed to you. Yeah. Yeah. Than, it, than to it being a bad song. And there was a time when it brought joy into your life. Yeah, when I first heard it, yeah. And then, and then, and then So Jeff, <laughs> let me let me ask how I've been asking it. So Zach, Toto's Africa, good or bad song? Um I'm gonna vote bad for now. Just okay. because All right. I'm I was, not a huge fan of it anymore. I was I was hoping to change your uh change <laughs> just by the semantics. I could see where you're going with that, Ben, and I appreciated the tactic. I thought it was a good way to go, and uh, I was hoping you'd get the result we were looking for, too. I know. It's all good. It's all good, man. Uh, I, I take back everything nice I said about your album, Zach, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. All right so, so, Zach, tell, tell us what record you decided to revisit for this episode. So the record that I'm particularly fond of um, is Bon Iver's uh, 22 A Million. Um, I had gotten into Bon Iver, I want to say like around 2013, um, either 2013 or 2014. Um, Self-titled album? Yeah, 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 I got into it. Because I'd heard the song Skinny Love, but I had only heard like that birdie version of it. Um, yeah. And so I, I didn't, I was like, I, I didn't know who Bon Iver was, um, but what got me into it was I heard Holocene for the first time and I was like, wow, 
Gorgeous. That, that that's how I got into Bon Iver was um I listened to that and that whole self titled album is kind of, is basically like what uh, captured my attention and stuff. And then I went back and listened to Ferema, um mm-hmm. his first album, and I was like absolutely blown away. Like <laughs> I, I to have such a unique um and influential sound and stuff I, like that. I hadn't heard anything else like Bon Iver in the from a musical standpoint any and anything that I've ever listened to. And and when you told me what record you wanted to revisit, I thought that's kind of an interesting choice considering that your record that you just put out is all acoustic. Yeah. So did you think of electrifying them, doing the whole full band get yeah, up? Yeah, it's not it's not yet it's not like off the table. Um right now I, I wanted to kind of explore the acoustic uh wave for a little bit. Um just kind of like, because for me, like being able to do those intimate, like setting type shows where like it's, I can only play with just myself. Um, though that's kind of what I enjoy most at the moment, which is why I also did the acoustic record. It's just me. So, like, every the way everything sounds, you know, on the record is the way it's going to sound when I play it. So. so, Callaway is really your for Emma. And then our next record that we hear from you, which is going to be self titled <laughs> Zach Meadows, is going to be all funkified and. <laughs> It's gonna be super groovy, orchestral, gonna, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be super um, atmospheric, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're gonna record it in <laughs> Wisconsin, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out to um, all the way out west and record in the mountains. There you go, my, John John Mayer's Montana home studio. Excellent. All right. Well, <laughs> let, let me give a little bio info, and then we'll we'll start going through our track by track. So 22 million, this is a third student studio album by Bon Iver, which is really Justin Vernon um, and just a cast of characters. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. Um, so let me know if you agree with this statement that was on Wikipedia while I was doing some research. And it talked about this, this record and it said, this mm-hmm. album marked a shift in the band's sound incorporating elements of electronic music and hip hop production and making extensive use of sample synth bass brass instruments and effects. Did was this that different from the second record though? Cause I felt like yeah. he was, yeah, he was experimenting <laughs> very much. So okay. I, I, I was that very different. There, it, yeah. It's, it's night and day from difference for me. Um, Cause like a lot of like you, you do have like the horn sections and stuff, you know, yeah. in, the self-titled album but even still you have you, you you had like um pedal steel and stuff also you had a lot of um like heavy string instruments used and like self-titled whereas if you look at like some of the songs um on 22 a million uh <laughs> like look at um uh was it um 22 over soon mm-hmm. a lot of it it's just kind of like a consistent noise, consistent synth noise throughout the entire song and songs like, um, uh, eight circle. Uh, most of that is just kind of, especially at the end with all the the clipping production that takes place on, on the song. A lot of like, a lot of it is very production based on that record. Whereas then not, it wasn't as much production as it was kind of, uh, band playing on that on that self-titled record. Yeah. The, the, uh, the thing is when, when he was touring, uh, the self-titled album and still doing for Emma, he's still, you're still seeing Justin up there with an acoustic guitar more of the time than not. 
Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the presentation at 22. It, it's him behind a, a keyboard setup with his uh, guitar with uh other sound things that i'm not smart enough to know what those are or how they all work yeah, he's but. got a lot of he's got a lot of um you know different things going on now especially in those live shows i'm trying to go see him in raleigh next month oh yeah you um, absolutely should the show right now is yeah. phenomenal and and ben you you know you you say it's it's uh justin in a cast of characters but i gotta say after seeing him i've seen him live twice now i saw him at coachella in 2017 um uh, for this album and then i saw the show last sunday and that cast of characters is phenomenal, and he uses. He's got a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, he and I watched a lot. I watched a lot of those um, uh, interviews and stuff. Like um, I think it was like the Zane Lowen or like you know, people like interviewing him stuff um, on the new record, I Comma I. And he's like, he's got a lot of like people that he works with. Um, like I know like the uh, one of the people that he worked with was Mike Noyce, I think was the name of the guy um, who recorded that audio clip on um, IMI for the new record. Yeah. Um, Right, like right in that, like that first, like thirty second little um, yeah. voice clip, and like he's got like people that like, that are like actually like, ridiculously talented musicians in, in his uh, ensemble. So I'm, I, I think that's I think that's twenty two a million is probably the the delineation where it becomes more of a band and less about Justin. Yeah, yeah, it's the the I think the way that they um, interact now. There's a there's a, there's a lot of ideas like floating around. You can tell it's not just Justin kind of, you know, running the train nowadays. You know, there's a lot of collaboration and stuff being done. And you see, you look at like the the writing credits and stuff, like on the lyrics. It's not just Justin doing everything nowadays, too. So yeah, there's a consistency within the band. Yep. All right. Um, so we're gonna talk about religious imagery and references throughout the analysis of the songs. Uh, Justin's collaborator, Trevor Hagen, said of this this particular topic, he said, if music is a sacred form of discovering, knowing, and being, then Bon Iver's albums are totems to that faith. I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's go track by track. Jeff, I'm going to throw out a question. Hopefully uh, you, you're on top of your game because this is the question that I'm ready. that I pose to Wayne every every time. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on the number of songs on this record. Jeff, how many songs on this record? There are 10, Ben. All right. You passed, which means your top song is going <laughs> to get 10 points. Next favorite, nine points on down to our lowest score of one. Let's get this started. This is first song. This is 22 over soon. to get us started on 22 over soon i probably i'll, I'll take i'll take it off on this one i <laughs> see um 22 over soon uh, i gave i gave that the i gave that song a seven um that was my that was my seventh song on there um i have a tattoo actually of the um of the words from the song 
uh, it might be over soon. Um, for me, that kind of that, that song kind of represented like uh, the whole "this too shall pass" idea, um, but at the same time, the infinity signs represented the uh, the permanence of the memory um, that kind of comes with whatever you're going through. Some of those that's uh, some of those things that they, they you know can't be forgotten. Yeah, you know? and we should probably preface this by saying that all, whenever I say a title. Uh, there are there are oh. are numbers. There are um, symbols. Yeah. So the over soon the the, yeah. the two O's in soon are the infinity symbols. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the album, the, the the names on the the songs and stuff. I don't know actually how they they put it on to like Apple Music and stuff because. Uh, I don't know how you type that. It's bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre. I will say that's one thing uh, about <laughs> this album and the follow-up that just came out that I do struggle with a little bit. It's almost like uh, um, uh, Sigur Ross. Like it, it, it's hard to oh, yes. pin down the names of the songs in a way of going. You Good. know, a song I love from so and so right now. It's uh, <laughs> it's this one. Now at least he has like "Hey Mom" <laughs> on the new album and. Yeah, yeah. But Even still, the, some of those songs in the album, like they're um, still very esoteric. Like, I, it, yeah, yeah. They're so esoteric that I can't always remember what song I'm listening to in that it's way. Like, what's this one called? Shalom. Exactly. Shadaya. <laughs> oh, you know this is <laughs> this is Naim. Yeah, you yeah. you know exactly uh, yeah. what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. And this one, um, right when it came out, I I didn't immediately love this album. This wasn't immediately something I was like, wait, wait where's my flume and skinny love? That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, but the reality is, like a lot of the uh, my favorite albums, uh, it, it, it was one that I didn't immediately love because it was more work. And it took some time to really get into it. And, yeah, and, and you have to dive yeah. into it and love it. Um, I also think that this is one of those albums that is sort of um, it's greater than the sum of its parts in some ways. Um, yeah. There are some parts of this album that I think if you just introduce someone to that song and go, this is bone of air, they'd be like, no, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but when you put it in the whole, this is an album that plays so beautifully as an album. Uh, and, and again, like I said, my, you know, my mom passing a couple weeks ago, this was a good time for me to dive into this album and play it over and over. It's just got such a, a, a great, uh, sound and, and kicks it off right away with over soon. And it's just got this calming and, and beauty type influence. I think that, uh, I, I just find it really profound when you listen to it front to back. It's a good front to back album. Yeah, I think a lot, and it's, some of these songs on here, like, because there are like some Bon Iver songs where I feel like it's particularly for the artistic um, message that you know he's trying to send. Because I feel like a lot of his albums are very conceptual. They 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 tend to have an overall theme behind them. Um, like for Emma, Forever Ago was you know that that kind of the breakup record, um, whereas this one is particularly you know a little more um, allegorical to religion and and spirituality um well, that's a lot of the the central theme behind this record but um a lot of like the songs and stuff on here the the, the names are just they're they're rather like intriguing like uh, <laughs> yeah like songs like um 715 creeks where i still it's so enigmatic that i still haven't been able to mm -hmm. actually figure out what some of the you know the, the the true meanings behind some of these songs are it's just the kind of core theme of the of the album yeah. as a whole all right did you score that one ben uh, you say your score? Yeah, I did not say my score. Um, so that's a six for me. 
Yeah, it's six for me as well. And we already got Zach's. He's at a seven with this. There's just a couple other points that I want to I want to make on this song before we move on to the next one. So I think that this is a really good table setter for the record in that I think it sets up where Justin was just in his frame of mind when he started this um, at the press conference for this record. Uh, he talked about going on this journey of trying to find himself. And he said, don't go to the Greek islands in the off season alone. I was trying to find myself. I didn't. And, <laughs> and I think that theme is, is really relevant throughout this entire album in that, um, setting it up with this song, you've got the, the duality of two, two, um, and, it's a coin that has two sides to it. Even though on one side of the coin, it seems like things are going really well on the other side of the coin. um, You're not completely satisfied with where you're at in your lot in life. So I, I, and I think that that sets up the themes for this entire album really well. And and the lyrics on this are just really, really beautiful. They just are. They they flow really. They they make you. They make you think a lot too. Like the the song that has like my favorite lyrics in it. Um, or my favorite set of lyrics in total was that that Stratford Apartments. Yeah. And I think some of those lyrics were absolutely magnificent. We'll get to that. All right. So (laughs) next is I guess it comes out as ten death breast but it's all funkified yeah. with the symbols and it's got two dice yeah. right it's got five five yeah. on yeah, the dice exactly so here here's a second song I'll call you All right, who wants to get us started on uh, on this song? I, I will. I mean, you have, you you are the one who sent me the notes, Ben. <laughs> I um, did that. I was pretty intrigued by. Uh, you know, I don't want to step on them, but I'll just use it if you're going to make me start. Yeah, go on for the song. it. But that that you that YouTube sample. Um, he. He sped up a YouTube sample of Stevie Nicks singing Wild Heart and looped it over the opening of the song. And now that's all I can hear. Um, <laughs> it, it's fantastic. Did you guys look up Wild Heart and watch that oh, yeah, video? Yeah, I know Wild Heart. Of, no, I know, but that, that, not just Wild Heart, but that video he's talking about, he says it's from my favorite YouTube video of all time. It's Stevie Nicks warming up in 1981 while getting her hair done and singing Wild Heart. And somebody off stage is singing harmony, and it's the best piece of music. And I that I agreed with him. I'm like, how have I never seen this this clip? I I love Stevie Nicks. Like like at one point in life, probably to an unhealthy level, uh, <laughs> she was definitely an early crush. And uh, it is gorgeous. And the idea that that was the inspiration for that, and and now I can hear, you know, that wild heart, that mm-hmm. thing thrown in there is just really sticks out to me every time. I really wanted to rank this song higher. And in the end, there's just too many other songs that kind of jumped in the way. Yeah. The other, the other note that I found on the old interwebs is that they said that the song title of this purposely rhymes with Beth rest, which was the, uh, 
concluding song on the previous record, the self-titled album for whatever that, whatever that, which is, whatever which that's is a, worth, yeah. <laughs> which is a really beautiful song. This is a very different, yeah. definitely like more distorted and, you know, yeah. uh, this is definitely one of the more aggressive songs and stuff. Yeah. And right. Out of, I really appreciated like the real percussive quality of it, uh, right out of the gate as well. Um, I think that this song for me, like when I especially like listening to that new record, I come I. This is I don't know if you heard that song We, but this is like kind of like that song for this record. Completely, uh, it's such a different sound entirely that I, that I wasn't expecting um, to come from like you know Justin. Uh, it, it wasn't soft <laughs> like, at all, and so they had he has like that classic um, recognizable falsetto in the songs, but this is the production of this one being so very uh, synthetic and stuff as well. Uh, as compared to the other material, that even it's it's not really like acoustic. There's no, I can't hear anything remotely acoustic on this record no. or this this song not particularly. This song, right. Yeah. So I thought that was such a, a an, an interesting deviation from from what he normally does. Can anybody explain the lyrics towards the end of the song for me? Because I'm I'm completely clueless. Yeah, I, I know I, I've looked at some of these lyrics and stuff, but um, this song I haven't really been able to figure out what he was really really talking about even um even still like I've, I've done like you know a little bit of like research into the context of the songs but i mean this song it, it always I, what i liked is kind of how he has multiple ideas is like love don't fight it love don't fight it love those um, i understand i can understand yeah. it's that I, I like how he like it just says something kind of impactful in a, in a, in a midst of not knowing what, what he's talking yeah. about. I think Justin makes up some words. I think he's got a very like just poetic kind of thing going on. I, I think that there's yeah. some similarities between the way he writes some things uh, to the way like a Jeff Tweedy writes some things. Sometimes I can pick up the message and sometimes I think he just likes the way certain words go together and not even, right. they don't have to be real words. Sometimes he will, he'll, he'll uh, kind of take a word and maybe bastardize it a little bit, change it a little bit yeah, and, exactly. and add his own, his own flair to it just because it sounds good together. If you go, you know, if you go back and, and, and read like the uh, lyrics of flume, for instance, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's all like wordplay and and um, uh, you know words that sound good together or syllables that sound good together. Lapping lakes like leery loons, you know. It's yeah. it's really like there's I don't know. There's probably some meaning in it, but it was probably more important to him to to get the the alliteration in there. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of like a lot of the writing that he does is is very um very phonetic. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of emphasis, you know, about how he says it. Sometimes I try and dive into his lyrics, and sometimes I go, I'm just going to go with how this song just makes me feel. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do yeah. the same thing with Wilco quite a bit, where sometimes I try and figure it out, and sometimes I go, you know what? This song just makes me feel good. And that's it. That's it. All right. So we're not going to figure out what I'm unorphaned in our Northern Lights meets. Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> no, I can't. Okay. I haven't, haven't, haven't been able to figure that All out. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll move on. All right. Let's get some scores then, Zach. So my my score for this one was uh, sadly a, a two. Okay. <laughs> I had to put this one down on the bottom of my list. And then Jeff, uh, this one's a four for me. Okay. And I'm giving it a three. All right. Moving on. Here is seven fifteen creeks, or is it seven one five creeks? I don't know. Um, I, I I always called it seven fifteen. All right, we'll go seven fifteen um, creeks. Here we go. I remember something. Heard the heron who 
So my question on this is, was this song done before or after his Kanye collaboration? After. He, was it after? Con- well, he's been doing the Kanye collaboration yeah, for a while, honestly. Yeah, while, yeah, yeah that's, that's not a real new thing. Um, he, he's done a lot of work with Kanye. Um, this is a song that uh, I would like to hear a different version of this. I like it on this album and it's an example of one that to me, um, I really, really dig it. Uh, and I think it fits nicely on this album, but I'd also with the lyrics that he's got going on, I'd really love to hear something that would have fit on the self-titled album or on for Emma. You know, I'd like to hear that version too, but he did it live the other night with just this flood of light. And I, again, I, it, it was really mesmerizing and magical with the, with the, uh, um, you know, what do you call that? The, the voice auto-tune. Uh, auto-tune. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, kind of the vocoder type thing. Yeah. yeah. When I saw this live, um, in St. Augustine uh, during the, the last tour. So, uh, St. Augustine is an interesting audience because there's a lot of these art patrons who get like season passes for all of the amphitheater shows. And I was sitting next to an older couple that, uh, probably had no place <laughs> yet at, at a bony bear concert and when they did this song i just watched their their facial expressions because they were just like what in the hell is this um it was it was so precious <laughs> it, i i wish that i would have recorded that but and, and this is a song that's an example if this is the first song somebody finds by bon Iver, i'm gonna bet more than likely, they're not going to end up a Bon Iver no. fan. This is not the <laughs> it's, not yeah, introduction it, to Bon Iver song. It's a song that fits not, yeah. on the album, but uh, yeah. Yeah, this is very much a record that very, very consistent yeah, with the to, sound of this. To, to yeah. quote my son, so my oldest son has been helping me with the sound clips. So I give him um, where I think the sound clips should should go. And after he was done with the sound clips for this record, he just looks at me and goes, there's some weird songs on that record. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Tom Petty, the A&R man said, I don't hear a single. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's, not a, that's not what you're going to get no, out of this. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the single that he did um, release, I know he released... Um, the uh 2022 over soon um kind of like a it was called like the bob moose version i believe he released that along with it was like a double single he released it at the same time and it and originally with death breast um those are the two that he put that put out as a single and then he did 33 god yeah. um it's kind of like the second single as introduction to having put out putting out music again because it was like a five-year hiatus yeah. between self-titled and 22 million yeah, going along with that, uh, Zach, that's that's one of those things where when I got it after such a long hiatus and I was like, there's new Bon Iver, and I started listening to it. I was like, this isn't my Bon Iver. <laughs> it's, it's very different. Yeah, yeah. It's got that feel where I needed some time to sort of acclimate to it in a way that... Yeah, because I, I loved I loved that 22 Over, over Soon song, and then I, like Death Breast, I was like, eh, I don't see myself listening to this one too often. Yeah, and, and even with Death Breast, my score was affected by... 
Um, I got it up to a four based on the Stevie Nicks story. I'm like, that story is good enough yeah. to like drive it up a little bit for me. Yeah, um, when you had the background, yeah, too, that makes the song different. Yeah, but uh, as an album, it wasn't until I, I got into it and I started to really love it. And then I saw him at Coachella and um, I, I, I'm watching him play this huge venue and this whole field of people on the main stage. And I couldn't believe that that he was able to do it in that fashion. Somebody that I had kind of like, sometimes even conflated with like an iron and wine um on albums before where like once in a while i'd mix up a song between one of the two of them this was definitely the departure point where now he can he can uh entertain an arena or a whole field at coachella and uh like i said i just saw him at uh the forum and he absolutely just rocked the entire place um that you wouldn't think after hearing for emma forever ago necessarily (laughs) no not at all There was no rocking going on with forever. All right, let's get some scores on seven fifteen creeks. So Zach, that was so that song's actually a nine for me. Okay, wow. All right, yeah, that song. Wow. Uh, just just like the sound of it, kind of how it's primarily just vocals. Obviously, with the you know the um the effect used on his vocals. For me, it was a nine because the lyrics were so uh, particularly powerful. For me, just in this one. Um, have being like the uh you know in i think it's in verse four i think um where it's like you know how are we gonna cry because it once might not mean something and the end where he's uh turn around you're my a team you know goddamn turn around <laughs> you're my a team it's just you can like it, the lyrics and how he conveys you know that message is, is a very very powerful um as a song kind of builds up and it just it, ends so suddenly too. It's it's funny that that's your everywhere I'm seeing it is you're my A team because I always had it as you're mighty, like uh, around, <laughs> like like to be proud. You're mighty, you know what I mean? Which is how yeah. I always heard it. Um, and then I read it as A team, and I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I I loved I just loved the way that he kind of phrases that, you know, because you know you, you never like heard anybody been you know be called you know your your. 18 yeah. you know yeah. but you kind of understand what, he, what and, he's referring to and i love the same thing the punctuation the goddamn turn around <laughs> i love the same thing I'm yeah. like, yep that's where he pops it uh for me this one ended up a lot lower um because i i love the lyrics i love it on this album i don't dislike the song but it's a it's it's my two just the way that the album shook out for me yeah um I do. I kind of tire a little bit of the vocoder kind of thing at, at at some point, and and the lyrics are so good that I would like to hear a slightly more traditional Bon Iver version of this song because they're so yeah, great. And I gave it a four, which leads us up to next song, which is Thirty Three. <laughs> God. There is religious imagery here. 33 is um, the age of when Jesus Christ died. The song is also three minutes and 33 seconds in length. And it was intentionally made available 33 days prior to the release of the record. 
So <laughs> you don't think any of those things were intentional. Oh, they absolutely were. Um, he did talk about how religion plays a big role in the entire album. And um, he said, when you use enough of that language, it, it perks some people's ears up. I do love these words. I love the word consecration, these holy words, so to speak. I like using them in a way people haven't heard before or right next to a bunch of swear words. It's just fun. It puts a smile on my face. So he's, he, you know, to both of your points about the, the, the lyric, the lyrical of it. Um, yeah, there's, there is some, some definite beauty in the lyrics. Some I understand and some I don't. <laughs> I tend to I tend to pick out um specific lyrics in the songs. Like if if I can hear like a phrase, you know, just I kind of isolated in the in the song. For me, it, you know, if if it carries enough weight, that that draws me to the song as a whole, you know, on its own. Um, certain like lines in this song where that particularly caught my attention um, was like a these will just be places to me now, kind of referring to like you know growing up. Um, cause like I didn't go to church growing up really hardly at all. The couple of times that I did go, I'd never like had an experience that really influenced me to come back. Uh, but the way that he kind of phrases for me, like the, the, the youthful, um, experiences of religion and stuff kind of before, you know, your mind fully develops, um, you know, it's, uh, interesting how 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 he kind of uh perceives growing up places that were significant not really mattering anymore from a religious perspective well the lyric in there where he says i find god and religion too and religion staying too. at the ace hotel um and and i did a little research on this so ace hotel is it the la ace hotel uh, supposedly it's the la ace hotel which at one point was a church yeah, it was, and and there's a theater there where this is this is where I see anytime a show is there, it's a big plus to me uh, in terms of going. It's just such a cool, a cool, cool old venue. Um, I've seen Wilco there. I, I haven't seen Bonavere there, but I wondered in in reading that if that's what he was talking about. Um, and I I do wonder about the lyrics. I find God. I like the idea uh, of the separation of those two things. That's the thing that jumped out to yeah. me heavily. I find God. I find God and religion too, and the separation and going. Mm-hmm. Those aren't the same thing uh, to him, and they aren't to me, and they aren't to a lot of people. Some people they are, and that's okay. But um, the idea uh, of that is pretty profound to me. Uh, you know, you know me, Ben. I'm a sucker for religious yeah. lyrics, and uh, this one definitely <laughs> jumps out at me. Uh, I like the uh, the juxtaposition. I like the idea of maybe this the struggle about what that means and. And he alluded to it a little bit on stage in terms of talking about, you know, if you believe in something and whatever you may believe in and, and, and that without espousing his own view necessarily. And, and I like what, what he said about uh, using lyrics that perk up people's ears and then maybe almost undercutting their, those lyrics with, with something else that uh, isn't normally found with them, like a swear word or something like that, that it, it, it's interesting to watch the way that people react to it and the way we hold some of those things. So say, uh, sacrosanct, you know? Yeah. yeah. This, this, this song is, uh, there's three songs for me that were just so clearly at the top of my top of my list, as far as which one was going to be 
my number one through you know my ten through eight basically, and and this is was definitely in that mix, and and it, it, it's a just a fantastic song, really really fantastic. It was my number one a few times uh, in scoring it, and it didn't yeah. quite end up there. Yeah, I you know going back to the whole religious imagery thing, I mean he ends he ends the song with why why are you so far from saving me and again going back to the whole jesus christ imagery very very similar to what he said on the cross and uh you know jeff we could we could go down a complete wormhole with uh just (laughs) us talking about religion because uh you know for for me it works and for for I know for a lot of people it doesn't it and I don't view my religious beliefs and my faith in, in a higher power as a as a crutch it is a it is a comfort to me it is a something that um, I feel uh, continues to inspire me and I know that it doesn't for some people and um, and and that's the beauty of of life is we can all get along even if we don't share those 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 beliefs right and that's you know i the lyrics that jump out to me is that, that speak to me a little bit a little earlier in the song is like i didn't need you that night gonna need you yeah. not gonna need you anytime was gonna take it as it goes i could go forward in the light and that's kind of where i'm at that idea of you know it's the same idea uh, you know with my mom passing is like um you know i'm fine if people say they you're praying for me, but I, I don't really, I, I wasn't really that interested in going, she's in a better place. Well, maybe, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm just not, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of like your vision of the orchard, Zach. That's kind of what I would dig. Yeah. At that point. Um, I don't, I don't have those answers and I don't, and, and I'm kind of okay with not having those answers and just being in a state where I'm not really, uh, not worrying about it that much. And I, I definitely related to what he said here, but I don't begrudge mm-hmm. anybody that, that faith or that belief or that crutch if if, if you know if, if you want to see it that way and some people do cr- crutches have a purpose too you, you you've got a broken leg you need yeah. something to buoy yeah. you up sometimes all right anything else that was that was deep that was yeah it was <laughs> yeah. and i and i turn it back to your song zach that's another plug <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get some scores on this so uh jeff this is my nine and then zach for me, this one was my four, just uh, solely based on the sound of it. Yeah. Okay. And then I gave it an eight. And moving on, this is 29 Stratford Apartments. And there's a hashtag in there somewhere as well. So 29 number Stratford, yeah. Yep. Stratford Apartments. Yep. There you go. Since I have the uh, the the uh, beauty of of seeing everybody scores in advance, so Zach, get us started on this song. So, uh, yeah, the, this song was I was particularly fond of um, a lot of like the words 
like the, the word choices that I use, not not so much um, the message behind it. Um, it. I think it has lovely, vivid imagery, like especially like it, it starts it off uh, like Sharon Smoke and the stare of um, off, off the heart car lot. Um, I like the way he says sunshine heart on the video spot. Um, just kind of like the imagery that goes, you know, along with that. Uh, for me, I just, it, it was, it seemed like a happy song <laughs> at first and then kind of like the progression of it towards the end. One of the reasons like why this song uh, in particular was uh, so like kind of um pleasant to me was uh, the very last line that he says. Um, you buried all your alimony butterflies and stuff, and like with alimony coming from like um like I grew up in like a separated family and stuff, so like the whole alimony butterflies was like I don't know, and just like it, it, it struck like a an emotional like chord with me, and so this song kind of just the chord progression and kind of how light it is, and also with those kind of clipped vocals and stuff, where when he's like um with the um kind of like little chorus um the a woman empty robe you're rolling up you're holding it your fabric now it's like i can't you know it, it's so enigmatic but it's a, it also just the melody of it for me is very rewarding so this song kind of this shot its way up to the top of the list for me yeah this is another one where the lyrics i was trying to dissect it and i just finally just gave up uh because yeah, uh i didn't know what fold the map and mend the gap and i tow the word companion and make myself escape. I I think when, when I say those words out loud, they seem beautiful, yeah. but I have no idea what they're, what, what any of the meaning of it is. So I think it's coming to the end. Like that for me, like fold the map and mend the gap, you know, like from one side of the map to the other, um, towing the word companion was, you know, I, I think just kind of like, you know, the friends you made along the way, you know, and I make myself escape all the I multitude the, of others. Yeah. I think the important lyric that you guys are forgetting when you're trying to figure out these lyrics is marijuana has you talking. <laughs> <you> talking. <laughs> that's, that's the one that I think you guys yeah. are missing is that, yeah, he's, he talks right off the bat, Sharon smoke. And then later marijuana right. has you talking. And then he writes a bunch of lyrics about it. And I think that they were uh, assisting, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. It's uh, I had two, I had, I had three tiers of songs. I had the, the top three, then I had the next three that would all fight for spots. And this is in my middle three, my second three. Um, but I had it higher at some points, and it, it drifted down a little bit. But it's a really cool song, and I like the uh, the way that they blended in some tape degradation, you know, to make this sound like it was maybe a, a, a found song, uh, an older. There's an older soul to it, I think, in a way. Um, you know, something like a Paul Westerberg did on like Grandpa Boy or you know, something like that. Uh, it, it's, it, it's cool the way that they've, they've sort of messed around and screwed with it and give it a tape tape running through, a, a you know, a, a cassette player on a, a 76 Dodge dart, for instance, as a completely hypothetical, um, you know, that, that sort of thing where it stretches out the tape and you're like, Oh, I got to get the pencil and wind it back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of the, some of the word choices they, in this song, I kind of like, because some of the words, uh, they're not they're not actually like words. Like paramind uh, isn't you know a word really found in the English language, um, and canonize and stuff is a, is a, a word that comes with kind of religious connotation in itself. Um, and so, so some of these word choices that he uses throughout the song is just kind of like 
they, they stand alone and like like at the end like sub find uh some night having words that don't have much relevance to the rest of the song yet they kind of present some type of significance just in their isolation from the rest of the song for me that's the yeah that's how Sometimes that's how i, I think that it. justin is trying to get a couple words in the the dictionary where where it's like no i <laughs> i created that that estuary king yeah that that that's mine yeah yeah <laughs> and in 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 the song um death breast I know. Um, he, he, like out of nowhere, he effified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F effified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So had to had to catch it before we uh, slipped off of the yeah. PG. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't, yeah, didn't, yeah, didn't want to. Didn't want to. Come on, man. Just, 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 just the clown horn. The clown horn's always. Right? <laughs> yeah, but then you wouldn't understand what uh, what the word was. Right. So. Right. Okay, All right. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get some scores on on this. So. Uh, Zach, yeah, this this was my ten on the on the record. All right, and then Jeff, uh, this is my five. Um, it's lower than I'd like it to be, but things like over soon and and a couple other things kind of pushed it down at the end of the the run. Uh, listening to it, yep. All right, and I gave it a seven. All right, moving on to next song is six six six. I guess I should just say down arrow. I think so. Right? I think it's down arrow. Upside it's, down. Arrow. Uh, on the record, it's um, it's an upside down cross. That's how. Okay. Yeah, that's that's how it is. Like um, kind of <laughs> on like when you if you look on anywhere, it's 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 upside down cross being used, kind of like the mm. emoji for it, I guess. But it it is displayed as it, it does look like an upside down arrow on <laughs> in some in some formats. What's the function of a tailstrap story myself? Help me reach the heaven before the one will ask. That's a bury them dice. Moral out two separate lives, take their soul, kind of quandary. Wandering, take me into your bones. What is left when I'm All right. So uh, again, since I have the benefit of seeing scores, so Jeff, get us started on this song. This uh, again, I had three songs fighting for first, and then Sunday night is what finally broke the tie. Uh, seeing this live just absolutely blew me away. It, it's so good. It, it's so good. the The lyrics are good. Um, it's it's just furious. It, it just has a a real um, kind of powerful punch to it. And you know, it's got some religious allegory certainly with the some of the 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 uh, I, i'm sure the 666 and now telling us it's a down upside down cross i think that um that that probably stands out a little bit um i, I like the the references to pair of docks mooring out two separate locks uh you know there's there's references to the nautical type of stuff but i just love it i i absolutely love this song i can listen to it over and over and over and over again it's just beautiful yeah Lots of again more more imagery coming on with uh, with the whole religious thing. Well, uh, still standing in sta- still standing, standing in the need in the of need prayer. prayer. The, yep. the need of prayer. No, I don't know the path or what kind of pith I've amassed. Long lines of questions, lessons. Uh, but what do you lose to concede? I, it's fascinating. Yeah, one of the things I like that he does um, 
structurally with this song is those choruses where you know he's saying i heard about it um i heard about it what he does is throughout the song he he heard about it in the beginning and the second time he says it he's learned about it and at the end of the song he's laughed about it and i kind of i kind of like how they how he went chronologically which is you know. beautiful yeah, yeah really really powerful. which the sound effects after he says all those lyrics is bit by bit bit by bit i didn't yeah. and i didn't realize that but that's that's a little bit of that uh religious overtone of you know that's yeah. how you that's how you learn by those baby steps right yeah it's a, it's, a, it's like a kind of like a lifelong experience yeah. uh with religion is yeah and that, there's another another clown horn in this song right after some there some is. uh some some uh religious oh, yeah. lyrics after the fashion of it do yeah yeah i, I like the way that he says uh, they f, f the the fashion of it <laughs> i don't know i, I kind of like how he just it's the way that he phrases things i feel like it's so unique yep um to justin you know you don't really hear people, hear people phrase things the way he does so so jeff this ended up getting your high score because of the live experience it it definitely pushed it over the other two songs that it was fighting yeah. with. Uh, the live was just it was so good, uh, and it 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 pushed it up and over. And it was already it was already close. If it had been below those, maybe not. But where I was already trying to make up my mind, this is my ten for okay. sure. And then Zach, your score for me, this one was my my number three. Okay, and I gave it a five. And I'm just going to spoiler alert, Jeff. This isn't going to make our top five. That that hurts. I, I do I'm not sorry. know how we are all listening to a different album. I don't get it. <laughs> Maybe it's because I have the fresh live experience, and he spoke to me directly, and I was in the fourth row, and he he, he communicated, and he said, "This is the song you should take out of here." This song is for Jeff. <laughs> yeah, might as well have been. <laughs> and you know how he sets up to Zach where you know he's set up with his keyboards and stuff so it's it's yeah. not it's not facing the whole audience it's turned to kind of a side you know like a yeah. it's like a profile not entirely but like an angle and that's pointed he was pointed right at me and it was just oh, no. just amazing <laughs> nice. amazing amazing I'm not which was also really good on creeks it was really great on creeks as well yeah you make a a strong argument Jeff but we're not changing our scores so I, I don't understand how you guys do not have this song higher. This is the first one that offends me, to be honest with you. All right. uh, <laughs> My apologies. I don't, I don't offend easy, but this is the one that I'm just like, you guys go with this again and pray about it. You need to pray about it and then hear about bit it. By bit. <laughs> bit by bit. All right. Bit by bit. Next song, 21 Moonwater. Yeah, 21. Yeah. Definitely a transition song. This right? song, like, I could tell that this, that this song was one of those songs that was meant to send a message more than anything else. I didn't, like, because, like, you know, when, when I, like, write music and stuff, a lot of, like, the way that I kind of approach it 
is, you know, one, obviously I go for the message, but two, is it something that I would, you know, enjoy? Like, is, is this easy listening? Um, is this something that I can like sleep to? That's like kind of like how I write music and stuff. And and, I can, and this is not, this is one, like, especially in the end, it's a, it's very discordant. Um, it, it's a, it's a very interesting song because the lyrics are very interesting. The math ahead, the math behind it, it's moon water. You know, it's interesting lyrics to me. They, you know, they grab, grab my attention from a poetic standpoint, but, um, it's very poetic. It's a very poetic song. Um, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's mostly the sound of it. <laughs> it's like a sound bath. This is um, this is a great. This is one of the ones I'm talking about when I say I think that the album is greater than the sum of its parts. I don't yeah. think this particular part is something that I I would love on its own, and it's not something I would share with someone else to introduce him. And yet, I like where it's placed on the album in terms of sequencing. I like the sound bath sort of aspect. You know, again, going back to like the Segura Ross or I guess Liminal, I think is the thing that that uh, Jonesy does. That's just like that. Just waves of sound over you uh and almost meditation you talk about the lyrics i i i went through a couple different uh websites trying to find the lyrics and they are <laughs> they're all over the place yeah they're all over the place i don't i and i don't know which one is really the the the, the truthful one so jeff when i shared you some lyrics those might not actually be the accurate lyrics that uh, Justin meant to to write down. But it just so. it just feels like poetry more than uh, a story or a song to me in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I had to look up what exactly moon water is because I thought, oh, maybe that's water on the moon. But no, it that is uh, what the definition that I found is it's water that has been charged with the energies of the moon popular way to charge water to be used during a ceremony or spell working or to brew magical portions. So essentially you would just put out water. Um, any normal water will do. And you just put it out where the moon can mystically change the components of the water. Has anybody, you guys ever tried that? You lost me so far uh, back. You know, <laughs> I know, I know. I have no idea what, what any of it was. I think I had so. a mini stroke uh, while you were speaking <laughs> is what I think I had there. <laughs> and and here's, here's the unfortunate thing. So uh, the first story that came up in Google when I put in Moonwater is Victoria Beckham's favorite thing to do is to have Moonwater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm out. I'm not smart enough uh, for this conversation at that point. No. And then you lose <laughs> exactly. me with, uh, you could have said her or uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, used to be married to Chris Martin from Coldplay. Same thing. Oh, oh Gwyneth Gwyneth Gwyneth. Gwyneth. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like something she would do. And I'm just like, ah, I'm out. I pass. <laughs> I'm good. I'm I, like, good. I like sun tea. <laughs> I'm a bigger fan I of sun tea than moon water, I think. I bet it's just like. But it's just like, yeah. All right, let's get some scores on this. So, Zach, uh, for me, this this is my one. <laughs> it's it's my one too. My one as well. Yeah, and it's my one as well. <laughs> All right, first 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 time and and let me look at the yeah. That's the last time that we're gonna agree on any of the songs on this. So, all right, here we go. Here's the next song. This is Eight Circle. I will run all the way around it. 
I might as well just um, start this out. This is this is my top score. Here's how I judge whether your song is not just good, but it's great. Is if I drive into my driveway and I don't leave my car until the song is done, that yeah. is a great song. And I can't ever leave my car if this song is playing. I love the song. And I love this song a lot. There's just, again, to your point, Jeff, of how the 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 songs just make you feel. Was that you or was that Zach yeah. that said that? Yeah, me. Actually, it was probably both of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is one, yeah, one of those songs. And I just feel like this is one of those songs that um, I, I just I just love. Um, I did do a little more research on this and this dates back to, you know, a few years ago when I was kind of trying to figure out a little more of the meaning. Somebody had said that the eight circle is actually a reference to Dante's Inferno and the eighth circle of Dante's Inferno is the circle of fraud against humanity. So there you go. So, so it's a song about Trump. Uh, <laughs> am I am I allowed to do that here? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I know we're not supposed to swear. We're not supposed yeah. to swear on this PG thirteen. Sorry. Um. So I I don't know if that is really the 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 truth there. Um. Some uh, some other person said that it was uh part part of that is that there's the imagery of this poisonous stinging tail that's used in the in Dante's Inferno and so they reference the whole um tongue reference is somehow related to Dante's Inferno I have no idea what they were talking about it, again Dante's Inferno is way too um smart for for my brain what do you guys have to say about eight circle it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. And I did have it as high as my number one early in listening to this album. It definitely jumped out to me. It was when I started diving into them a little heavier that it kind of sank down below my top three. Um, it, it's a really beautiful song. It's 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 uh, it's definitely a favorite. It's one I can listen to over and over and over again. And again, though, he's making up the words with the, um, you know, Astuary King. Uh, it, it's He just makes things up or, or takes part of a word uh, what is it's not estuary is uh there's it's a nautical thing with that as well that's close to it but it's not estuary uh, like it's a it's a, the it's an es, it's estuary estuary yeah estuary, yeah. yeah the freshwater and saltwater bodies yes yeah. exactly and and so he just kind of takes that and he just runs with it he's like i like it as estuary and he just does it and he just he just co-ops some words but he even does it with the name of his his band it, it's it wasn't supposed to be bone and bear it's supposed to be like 
bone uh, heaver, I think is what it is. Or and then when he found the, the spelling of it, he's like, no, I like this better, and he just changed it. He just changed the French French word from it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> needs, who needs he's, French when you have? Well, yeah, he just, he, just <laughs> he likes the way a word sounds, and he's like, I'm yeah. just going to do it. And I I I really kind of dig that. That just uh, I, I'm just gonna yeah. make, I'm going to make poetry, and I'm going to make lyrics and. And I'm gonna make something up, and and you know, why should, this is art. It's not supposed yeah. to be, you know, it doesn't have to be biographical. It doesn't have to be, you know, completely correct. It's art. Make your art, and he he makes it not only in the way that things sound, but the way that he runs words together and the things that he likes to hear. Who who's who's Mona or Nona in this? Is it Mona or Nona? I think it's Mona. I think so. Who Mona who is too. that? I don't, I, I don't know. Okay. No, no idea. Mona. No idea. If you're looking for answers, I don't have any. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I like the one of the one of the things that I like about this song um, is not only how does like the, the the way that the sound builds up. I think the lyrics match the energy um, of the of the sound at the time. You know, philosophize your figure, what I have and haven't held. Um, it starts off very soft, but then especially when it get before it gets to the chorus one. I like the, I like the, what he says. We've galvanized the squall of it all. I can leave behind That's the harbor. Good kind of moving on, you know, from, from the storm and stuff. Which moving is funny because then you get to Estuary King, which could be more estuary. I mean, he's, he is talking about, again, the harbor and the being sheltered or, or whatever. And he's talking about nautical terms and he's like, I'm just going to go with estuary. Yeah. But if you're looking, if you're looking for answers, Ben, again, I'm probably going to point you to the last line. Keep waking up high. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the last Keep line. Keep waking up yeah. high. Yeah. There yeah. are, that's at least the third reference to, the the wacky weed isn't it i think yeah <laughs> i think so. yeah, okay. he, he he admits to you know, he, he smokes for sure oh yeah sure. <laughs> he talks about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. that's usually when he sees god right. um, yeah <laughs> yeah all right yeah. so the i already said this is my top score jeff uh this is my seven and then zach this is gonna be my eight all right, next song is lots of underscores, 45, lots of underscores. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is this a, is this a Trump <laughs> reference? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I've been caught in fire. I stayed down the other night. I've been caught in the fire. I stayed down. Well, I know it wasn't true. I've been caught in fire. I stayed down the other day. I've been caught in the fire. I stayed down. I know it what the truth is. I just realized I have zero notes for this song because it's not one of my more memorable songs. So who wants to get us started on this one? It's a, it's a tra- transition yeah. song, I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. This is, this is one of those songs where it's, it's, it's just, uh, there's not many words either. <laughs> he says, uh, I've, been, uh, I've been carved in fire for most of it. Um, you know, what comes prior to, um, and he's been caught in fire. I, I like the way that he's he constantly reiterates the fire. Wow! And then, and then right before it goes into uh, that little outro, uh, without knowing what the truth is, I like <laughs> I like that line a lot. But then it's the the kind of um, I like the distorted sax with that yeah. though too, which is yeah. pretty cool. 
Um, I think he makes good use of it without it just feeling like regular old, you know, uh, smuggler's blue saxophone, you know, that sort of thing. Like it's, is this another marijuana reference where he's talking about being carved in fire? Is he carving here? Yeah, I, I have I've yet to figure out. I, I'm gonna go. Him. I'm gonna go with him. I think it's more of a reference to sort of being forged in fire. You know, yeah. uh, that's more of a reference of like I, I've had my trials and tribulations um, and stuff. Yeah, I that's what I took from that little bit. And uh, again, this isn't is a song that I wouldn't just go, "Hey, I'm going to throw on 45 and listen to it." But I don't. I don't skip no. past it. Um, I like where it sits on the album. I like what it does for the album. Um, so there's not a song on here. There's songs that if you were just to individually throw them out to me to listen to, I might call them a dud, but I, I like the way that they fit on the album. And I like the mood that they create uh, in separating other songs. And this is one of those yeah. for sure. For me, that 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 introduction at the end of the song with the outro, I don't know why it always, I guess it's just the melody of it, the introduction to that little banjo that comes in towards the end of the song. Uh, that's, that's one of the reasons why I love the the composition. Um that they have at the end, like the instrumental composition this is why it kind of scored a little higher for me, even though it's, it, it, you can tell it's kind of a, a transitional song to the end of the album. All right, let's get some scores then, Jeff. Uh, this is my three. And this is my two. And Zach? This is going to be my six. Zach likes the transition songs, it sounds like. I know, yeah. <laughs> likes the transition songs. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right. Let's wrap this up. Although Moonwater, he he still got the one. With <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. And I don't even know how to say this one. So it's. I just call it, I just call it a million. Yeah. So it's it's six zeros and a million. <laughs> Isn't it five zeros? It's five zeros. Yeah, it five yeah, zeros. Five zeros. Obviously. I, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's late. <laughs> It's not even. It's not even enough zeros to be a million, is it? Yeah, uh, that's. It, 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 it doesn't have a number to preface it because if it had a one, right. then it would be. Uh, I think. A million. Yeah, yeah the, all the okay. living behind it. So. Okay. I, I love this song. This is another one that was that, that could have easily been my top song. Um, it was right in the mix for me with uh, 33 God and 666 Down Arrow. I, these <laughs> song titles <laughs> down arrow. just absolutely throw me. Uh, but it's one that could have been there. And, and I, I think at the end of the day, the thing that probably made this suffer for me in terms of just scoring and why it didn't end up as the top song, uh, one, I didn't see it live on Sunday, and two... <laughs> Uh, it is one of the sparser songs, and while it would have just absolutely crushed for me on either of the other two albums, 
when he's progressing on this album and doing all the different production stuff, I tended to sort of give, uh, give a little bit of, of, uh, extra credit to the songs where, um, that he was using that more. And this one is so sparse that it's not that it feels out of place on this album by any stretch, but it doesn't feel like the one that he is stretching on the same way he is on those other two songs for me. Uh, but the, the lyrics are just absolutely gorgeous. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. And his voice is, that's very much in the the vein of for Emma or, um, you know, the self-titled album. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, this, this song, um, one of the things that captured well, obviously the piano uh, composition on this is it's gorgeous, but I love the, the reiteration of, um, if it harms me, it harms me, it harms me and let it in. That's almost like your. That's almost a little bit like your song, uh, "The Poisoner Wine." Yeah, you know, I know or, she don't love me, oh, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. If it harms me, it harms. It's okay. I'll let it in. And I love the line. I love the line. Uh, a word about gnosis. Yeah. It ain't gonna buy the groceries, which is just uh, or middle out locus or way to find. I, I that to me. Again, if you're looking for whether or not he completely is, is trying to sell you on a particular belief, I think this one sort of flies in the face of that. Is you know, the idea of Gnosticism, you know, or Gnosis being religious belief or belief in God, right? Is that what it is? Uh, Gnosis is knowledge of spiritual mysteries. Okay. So even that, in that, in that sort of way, knowledge of spiritual mysteries, it ain't going to buy the groceries. So it's not to say that it's, um, it's not to say true or false, but it may not be the most important thing. And it may not be the priority that you need to place everything around. Cause at the end of the day, it's not going to to put food on your table and so there's other things um there's other things that you're going to have to put in in terms of effort or to strive for to in order to be able to feed yourself and feed your family let's let's talk about let's talk about the the title because i i did try and figure out some some meaning of this and the the number when the number zero is repeated and it's usually repeated like three times. Usually that means that something is infinite and powerful. So when he's using five zeros for the beginning of this, and then he adds the word million after those zeros, what in the world does that mean? Multiple infinities? Infinity times a million? <laughs> well, he's clearly playing around with numerology yeah, yeah. all the way through this album and titles and in lyrics and it's hard to peg exactly what it is but it's it's not overanalyzing to to have a question about it because he is definitely trying to send some messages with like you said the number 33 birth of Christ or uh, age of Christ uh, th- those numbers definitely have some significance there's no question that they do um, so maybe that's it I like yeah I like what he does with the because like obviously there's some numbers that represent other things a little more definitively than than some of the other numbers um, but I also appreciate the ambiguity of how kind of like not being able to understand entirely what why the numbers you know he chose and why the way he did it um I think particularly um with some of that with some of these numbers and stuff people are going to figure out you know what it means to them like taking like using you start 22 the record starts 22 and then it ends in a million kind of having a million being that ending kind of infinity type um message behind it and having what people can get from that so but he also uses zeros here and he has the line because the days have, yeah. no, days numbers. have no numbers you know what i mean so yeah. I, there, there's something to that too. There's another beautiful line in here. 
that I don't know exactly what the context is for everything, but this idea, uh, what a river don't know is to climb out and heed a line. It just goes where it goes, to right? To slow it among just, roses or stay behind, yeah. Yeah, it just, it, there's there's something really beautiful happening there, and I can't interpret exactly what he's saying, but that idea, obviously, of, you know, you can draw a river on a map, but that's not what it does. It just, it finds the things that it flows into, and it finds the crevices, and it finds its way down. It it it, it doesn't climb. It doesn't stick to a straight line. It just flows. And yeah. that's it, really, really beautifully poetic. I, I think that there's also some religious overtones in one of the lyrics where he says, who knows how many poses that I've been in, but them the main closest hark. And he, and there's even an exclamation point in some of the lyrics that I found. Yeah, hark. Yeah, it gives, it gives meaning. meaning. <laughs> um, I can't really, I cannot really post this off field the signs. So I think that there's probably some other religious imagery there because, you know, I don't ever hear anyone say hark unless there's uh, Herald yeah. Angels <laughs> singing behind it. And considering you know where I just talked about the whole Angel 000, I, I'm, I'm sure there's something and Justin, we're just not smart enough to figure it out. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Did we exhaust this one? <laughs> I think so. It's a, it's just a gorgeous yeah. song. Really, really gorgeous song. Yeah. It's an easily accessible song that you could share with somebody, too. All right. So this is my nine, Jeff. This is my eight. And then Zach. Uh, this, one, this one was my five, yeah. All right. So that ends it. Did we cover everything? Did we miss anything in our analysis? Well, we missed the importance of 666 down arrow, I think. I think we missed that. <laughs> I think we did. I, I want you guys to go away and listen to it. We'll take a break in the recording, and then I want you to come back again, understanding how emphatic I am about it. We'll change, we'll change the scores in time. But I did, it, I did it to Zach's favorite on Stratford Apartments with a 5-2. Uh, <laughs> I did. Re- I love that song. I, I just didn't have enough numbers left for it. Yeah. It was the composition more. A lot of a lot of these songs for me, they were scored a lot based kind of on composition and stuff as well. I think what I did that the two of you didn't do is I respected Justin's vision for this <laughs> album better in terms of he wanted to make a progression album, and I gave the songs credit that had some of that. Although you did it with Creek, so I'm kind of full of crap there. Uh, <laughs> Because because this album I saw get compared a lot. A lot of people liked uh, throwing out Kid A as a comparison for this album um, for Radiohead, and and I don't disagree with that. Uh, but the reality was that I think I think that was closer to being uh, OK Computer for Radiohead. The song, the album that comes to mind when I listen to it a lot is Yankee Hotel Foxtrot for Wilco, and it's because that's one of my favorite bands, uh, if not my favorite. And that difference between the pre yankee hotel foxtrot and after just the way that they would use uh sound and instrumentation and just and noise and all that sort of stuff it it does seem to express a little bit of a departure for him um he still has those beautiful vocals but he's going to mess around with a lot more experimentation and and it works really nicely on his latest album yeah yeah all right um let's figure out what our top five is any ideas what uh number one is it's wrong, whatever it is. No, it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's probably eight circle. That's the closest one we came. Yeah, right? yeah. I have to say eight circle. Yeah, it's eight circle. That was a eight point three three average score. Um, got a two way tie for second. Any ideas? Just uh, it's got a, a a million, and he, Zach gave a ten to Strafford, so it's got to be Strafford. Yeah, those are that's uh, number two. 
number four is God. I feel like it's God. it's God either God or over soon. Over soon was four, and then God was number five. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't. Didn't you give you gave six to over soon, and I gave six, and Zach gave a seven. Yep. Six point three. God, you. God, you gave an eight. I gave a nine, and Zach gave a four. Yep. Average score of seven, which is more than six three three. Yes, it is. We do math. We do <laughs> math on this on this uh, podcast. I know, but you said that. Didn't you say that God was five? Uh, that was our fifth song. In our in our top five, it was number. That's your fourth. It was number. That's your fourth song. It was number five in our top five. It's your fourth highest rated song, though. Um, Over soon is rated lower than God. Over soon. Oh, you're right. I don't know how to do math. There we go. Okay, see, I, I do want... Go. You are still recording the part where you said you are right, right? I would like to use that as my ringtone. Sure, you were right, Jeff. <laughs> you're always right. Sorry, Zach. I, it's tough to watch, <laughs> to listen to Daddy and Daddy fight. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, the reason why I probably screwed that up is I woke up last night at 2.45 to the sound of my <laughs> wife's electrical toothbrush in the bathroom going full blast and she's sleeping through it and I couldn't fall <laughs> back asleep afterwards. So, yeah. Haunted haunted toothbrush. Huh? Haunted toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Well, Zach, this has been a pleasure revisiting with you. It's been, been a fun yeah. record. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Zach Meadows and don't go to facebook because apparently you don't post anything <laughs> yeah definitely if, if you're looking for consistent um and up-to-date content um facebook's probably not not the place to find me right now um <laughs> but definitely um yeah on, on instagram and stuff my, my instagram name is uh, zach t meadows um i just post my my content and stuff on there i have links to my my record and stuff and also on Spotify and Apple music. You can find me there. And All right. So where, where can I see you around town? I play at uh, a few different venues around the area. Um, I'll be actually at Liam Fitzpatrick's in Lake Mary on their little okay. patio um, this, this Saturday night and stuff um, from eight to cool. 12. But um, I think I've only got like one or two shows next week. I've been trying to like kind of wind down from Orlando and stuff. Cause I'm trying to move. So how soon are you focusing on that right how now? Soon? Hopefully by, Hopefully by January, I want to say. Okay. I go back up to North Carolina in about three weeks, three, three or four weeks. So I uh, I have a couple dates I'd like to plug too, Ben. Sure. <laughs> Are you all right? Yeah, With go that? for uh, it. Octo- October 23rd through 26th, I'll be in Little Rock, Arkansas at the Looney Bin there. And then uh, the following week, October 30th through November 2nd, I am at the Looney Bin in Oklahoma City. So you can get tickets, I think, at Looney, looneybins.com or Looney Bin. I don't know. I don't know the website. It's not my website, but I can be seen in those places. Cool. And you're also pretty <laughs> active on the old Instagram. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Jeff makes jokes uh, on Twitter at Jeff makes jokes. And I'm on uh, Facebook is just Jeff Johnson. I need to create an artist page on there. I haven't done it. Yeah. Um, so, cool. and this was fun, Zach. I enjoyed listening to your album and uh, <laughs> I, I was glad you picked, picked a bone of air. Um, the timing was fortuitous with when I saw him and I yeah. love this album. So it was fun to talk about. Excellent. Wonderful. Yep. Excellent. 
So as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page because we actually do use Facebook, Zach, uh, for the Records Revisited <laughs> podcast. So we're on Instagram using the hashtag Records Revisited podcast. Maybe one of these days we'll actually do something with that. Uh, we're now on Twitter at Podcast Records. You can find all of our old episodes at Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, and if you want any of our previous episodes, you can find them by going to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Please go subscribe, rate, or review us. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are... Out! Out.